Hello everyone. My name is Maxine McFarlane, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Teacher's Tribe podcast. The 2020-2021 school year has officially started for me. I have done quite a bit of reflection over the past months, and I have also been inspired to be intentional about the way I function as an educator and a parent. I have already met most of my students in a virtual setting, and we're off to a great start with getting to know each other. During these first days of school, I am capitalizing on every opportunity to establish those vital, meaningful connections that will form the foundation for how we will work together this year. I've been mulling over the question, how will my students remember the 2020-2021 school year? I invite you to join me on this intentional journey of planning to make it a cherished experience for them. How far back in the past can you remember? What is your earliest childhood memory? Although psychologists assert that children will have reliable memories from about age 8 years, I can recall a few incidents from my time in basic school, which would be between 3 and 4 years old. I also remember several details from the day of my grand-aunt's funeral when I was 5 years old, and many other events prior to age 8. The reason the psychologists say that their memories are not reliable is because many times our parents or other relatives may tell us stories of things that happened when we were younger and because of the repetition it becomes a memory but they're saying it may not be the child's memory but just a repetition of the story that they're remembering. Anyway, I have often wondered why only selected events rise to prominence in my memory. I believe that they must have been laced with significance. Whether they were connected to positive or negative experiences, and maybe that's why I remember them after so many years. It was September 12, 1988, and I was in 10th grade of high school. If I were to ask any Jamaican who was old enough to remember that time about the significance of that date, I'm quite sure they would mention Hurricane Gilbert. It hit Jamaica as a Category 5 system with winds reaching 175 miles per hour. The 40-mile wide storm covered the entire island. Many recording artists wrote songs about this destructive natural disaster. I can still hear Lloyd Loving there singing about Wild Gilbert. So he was saying, Una simi dish, una simi dish, anybody una simi satellite dish? In true Jamaican fashion, he found a way to infuse humor into a serious situation in a light-hearted manner, asking if anyone had seen his satellite dish. I wonder, do our children even know what a satellite dish is? I guess we would have to talk about cable TV and Netflix to help them understand or make a connection with what a satellite dish is. As I reflect on that devastating event, I am amazed by the memories that linger. I remember the fear that I felt during the actual storm when the wind was howling 
Trees were swaying threateningly, and the rain hammered on our zinc roof. Strangely though, the more prominent images that linger in my mind include things like enjoying an abundance of fruits from trees that had been blown down. I can still taste the mangoes, the nesberries, drinking all that coconut water, and getting tired of eating canned food. I remember neighbors sharing produce with each other, people helping each other to fix roofs and clean up after the storm. I also remember going back to school after several weeks filled with stories to share. I wish I could remember why it was such an easy transition back to learning when schools reopened several weeks later. There was no such thing as virtual learning back then. So our parents just encouraged us to review and practice what we had learned prior to the storm. Tropical storms are common in the Caribbean and I believe that our response to these natural disasters speaks to exactly what the black in the Jamaica flag represents, the strength, creativity, and resilience of the people. If you can't tell by now, I have a deep love for my culture, so I could go on and on highlighting the finer qualities of our people. In hindsight, I wish there was a greater social-emotional focus after those traumatic experiences, yet our ability to cope is still inexplicable. I really want to focus on what made a difference for us then, during a challenging time. A pandemic is not a fair comparison with a hurricane, and that is not the point of what I am highlighting today. I just want to make a connection between the memories that are created during difficult times and how we can help to shape what will linger in young minds. How will our children remember the 2020-2021 school year? They will likely remember it as the year they had to learn from home in a virtual setting, and those who went to school wore masks, maintained physical distance, and couldn't interact with friends like they previously did. I'm convinced that parents and educators can play a significant role in shaping how students feel during this time and ultimately the memories that they will hold on to. How will they remember this year? Wouldn't it be great if amidst the reflections that they will have in the future, they will hold fond memories of the special things that you did together? Even during these first days of school, I am taking my own advice by making morning meeting meaningful, as I advocated for in episode five of the podcast. I often contemplate that quote that's attributed to Maya Angelou, which says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. This is what is causing my brain to struggle to shut down at night and what I contemplate when I'm driving. I encourage you to engage in contemplating and coming up with ideas to make connections with your students and children and facilitate the joy of learning that I spoke about in episode nine. How can we do that, you ask? Allow me to share a few ideas that can bolster our efforts to help them remember this year in a positive way. My husband tends to give our boys what they call the talk 
every year before the first day of school. One of his recurring thoughts is for them to be the thermostat and not the thermometer. I believe that idea could be applied to us educators, parents and caregivers. So as you know, the thermostat regulates the temperature while the thermometer changes with its environment. Our students will undoubtedly feel a sense of fear, may experience anxiety, and may be demotivated and disengaged. How will we react when we encounter these emotions and actions? We must meet our children with a strong resolution and a clear plan of how we will engage with them. Our stance must be in the mode of the thermostat because that will give us the ability to establish the tone of the classroom environment even if we're in a virtual setting. Our actions and the experiences that we create for our children must be designed to intentionally facilitate an atmosphere of nurturing support. My first suggestion, therefore, is to establish a positive classroom environment. And this is not a brand new idea. This is something that we know, but we really need to focus on that this year more than ever. Let your classroom be the reason that your students hop excitedly out of bed every morning just to meet you in that special place. If you were like me as a child, you will relate to my feelings on the nights before school trips. Can you remember those nights? Those nights were extremely long and sleep became the enemy. I felt like I would, have, I would wake up a hundred times before daybreak. I didn't have to be told to get out of bed, do my chores, shower and get dressed. I was strangely not hungry because my stomach felt like it was filled with butterflies and excitement. My friends and I would be fully engaged in the experience of the bus ride, reading signs along the road, gasping at sights, screaming when we went around those corners, talking and laughing, eating snacks, singing songs, and playing games while anxiously anticipating the destination. We must make coming to our classroom something to look forward to. Let us create engaging experiences that not only provide opportunities for them to engage in high quality learning activities, but will also get our children excited. We will have to plan memorable events that will captivate their attention and are laced with fun. We should make it our mission to have our children say, we didn't realize we were making memories. We just knew we were having fun. The source of this quote is unknown. This is going to take a lot of thinking outside of the box. I have already decided that in addition to the opportunities that I will create within the curriculum, I will use morning meetings as, a, as my platform to provide social emotional support, fun, and something to look forward to at the beginning of every school day. Currently, I'm using that time to connect with my students by learning about them individually and facilitating interaction with their classmates. I'm also using this time to learn the names and to make sure that I'm saying it correctly. I must admit that I miss the face-to-face -face interactions in a physical classroom and it is a bit of a challenge to engage students as I would in the building.
Creativity is one of the gifts teachers possess, and I must put mine in overdrive as we create memories together this year. Will it be difficult? Yes, I'm quite sure it will be. However, I must embrace Oprah Winfrey's idea that, quote, challenges are gifts that force us to search for a new center of gravity. Don't fight them. Just find a new way to stand. End of quote. This call to action is not just for teachers in a classroom, but for parents and caregivers as well. Let's all ensure that our children wake up to a positive home environment every morning. Set them up for a successful day through words of affirmation, meals prepared with love, and consistent reminders of your love and support for them. I was reviewing my class pledge of respect with my students during our virtual morning meeting. As we discussed the meaning of various verbs and adjectives, an interesting conversation emerged. The first line of the pledge states, I am smart, special, and a valuable person. One of my students gave his definition of the word valuable, and I engaged him in a deeper conversation to further elaborate on the word. I asked him if he thought his mother would give him up if I offered her $100,000, and to a second grader, I know that's a lot of money. He confidently responded, no, because she loves me. There is nothing like the confidence and security that a parent's love can provide. That's what I hope our children will hold on to and form the basis of how they will remember this school year. I'll close with another story from my teaching experience in Jamaica. And this happened almost 20 years ago. Sports Day is a major annual event in Jamaican schools from the early childhood level all the way up to the tertiary level. Students and teachers are assigned to houses and preparations for the big day begin months in advance. We'll find students practicing to run and take part in other field events. So one year while we were practicing on the playing field at the back of the school, a student playfully kicked another student's legs, causing him to fall to the ground. Unfortunately, the boy was hurt, so a male teacher and I took him to the hospital. I waited at the public hospital for hours until his grateful father, who was working out of town that day, finally arrived. A few years later, I visited a church not too far out of town from where we lived. Our firstborn was only a few months old at the time and I went outside to nurse and diaper him in the car. On my way back into the building, I saw that same young man who was hurt in the incident that I just mentioned. He was now in high school and he came over to greet me. He introduced me to his aunt as the teacher who took him to the hospital when he broke his arm. After all those years, that is what he remembered me for. And among his recollections was the feeling that someone cared enough to stay with him during a painful experience. Let's not forget the powerful words of Richard L. Evans who said, children will not remember you for the material things you provided, but for the feeling that you cherished them. 
we must continue to focus on their social emotional well-being and ask ourselves what will we do to help them remember this year head over to my blog at theteacherstribe.com to share your ideas about how we can collectively cultivate positive memories so that 2020 2021 will not just be the year of the pandemic but it will also be the year when they learned many new things and experienced life in different yet exciting ways. Stay positive and find other like-minded educators and parents who can support you along the way. Until next time, walk good and one love.